0: I'm doing that but i some stuff i just stopped feeling that and i felt that i need a new power i felt i need new inspiration for myself to be on the um on the wave and to be happy with myself
1: Welcome to Belly Dance Live podcast. My name is Jana Komarnitska. I'm a full-time dancer based in Toronto performing a variety of Middle Eastern and Central Asian dance styles, including belly dance. You can find me at janadance.com as well as on Insta or Facebook by Jana Dance or Jana Komarnitska. I'm happy you've decided to join us for this weekly dose of dance inspiration because here on this podcast we explore all nuances and insights into lifestyle of ballet dancers and we are having amazing star guests who share their stories secrets and tips with you
2: This episode is brought to you by My Inner Dancer lifestyle and fashion brand inspired by Baladance. dance. And by the way, they currently have amazing sales on some of the training outfits with very cute Baladance dance inspired designs. So don't forget to check them at myinnerdancer.com. Hello everyone, how are you doing guys? It's uh, a bit funny to release this episode now while I am um, in uh, Kyiv because uh, earlier in January when we were recording this interview with Julia we only were talking about possibly meeting somewhere in the world soon and hopefully maybe even in Kyiv and uh, now I uh, have this uh, unexpected uh, arrival to, to the city and we'll see if actually meeting will happen or not but uh, uh, I'm really sincerely happy to host her again on the podcast and release uh uh, this interview Julia was uh, for a long time a very good friend, but also a great source of uh, uh, Inspiration for me and even in this interview you'll hear one very personal for me story that uh, was uh, directly involving her and uh, telling about my breaking moment and eye-opening moment about uh, dancing and uh, uh, level of prof- professionalism and in general like setting some career goals and uh, uh, truly estimating where we are at every point and what we exactly want and if something not happening where to search answers that in most cases they are within us uh, in any case um this is the second interview with Julia so if you missed the first one go back to episode number five we focused a lot on her international career and how uh, she manage to deal with all the struggles and challenges that such lifestyle has as well as uh, what uh, beautiful moments uh, it can also provide so if you are one of uh, the dancers who are dreaming or just curious about how traveling internationally teachers uh, survive and live that interview will give you a lot of insights it's number five i'm also adding links to the show notes with a direct link in this uh, current interview we focused i kind of feel on uh, two major topics and one of them was finding inspiration and fulfillment uh, in dance because once dance become a uh, and i think it, it goes with any art form one once the art becomes more than just a passion but becomes uh, your work your job it's very easy to lose that sparkle and that uh, enthusiasm and uh, uh, Julia went through something like that recently and uh, I'm very thankful for her to be honest and open and just sharing her experience and tips how she overcame and uh, how she find and regain her enthusiasm and motivation and first of all inspiration uh, from dance and uh, as a result got some artistic fulfillment with that so this interview will definitely give you a lot of inspiration on this uh, topic, that's that's for sure. And another important topic that we touched is uh, teacher and student uh, relationships. And uh, yes, even despite she is internationally successful traveling teacher, she actually... Uh, has and runs a school local school in uh, ukraine and uh, she has a lot of teaching experience and that's actually something we also touched in the previous interview about how she became international teacher and traveling artist and how much her passion to teach played uh, how big the role it played in development of her career but in this interview today we focused more on some uh, logistics of uh, navigating and keeping professional and healthy relationships between teacher and students and if you are the teacher or if you are just interested in this topic and sort of the point of view student even that would be very helpful for you to th- hear to listen to it and to think about some things also, just uh, just before I will let you dive in the interview, I just want to give a quick shout out uh, to Solar Dance online studio. It is actually based in uh, uh, Ukraine, in Kiev, but it's an online uh, platform. And they recently hosted workshops with Julia. They had some from a long time ago, from one or two years ago. But they also recently recorded some new ones with Julia Farid. So uh, definitely check them. And also, I myself am going to teach uh, online this upcoming Saturday, February 9, with Solar Dance. And you can watch live streams. And replays for free. So if you want to study something from the past workshops, you can uh, just purchase workshops and they're really reasonable price. I'm sure you will be surprised. But if you are able to catch those workshops while they're recording, live stream, you can watch them for free. And not only that, uh, they are also doing replay the same day. So it's really very convenient for either time zone, either you in Europe, in Asia or in uh, America you can definitely catch them so definitely go and check Julia's uh, previous workshops and uh, if you're interested uh, catch me this uh, upcoming Saturday, February 9th I'm gonna teach two topics, one is tips for drum solo improvisation together with uh, a drummer Pedro Bonato and second topic will be a Persian dance choreography so the link I will put to solo dance uh, platform in the show notes and the only thing you need to uh, to watch live stream is to go in advance and just register tell that uh, you're interested and choose uh, which workshop you'd like to see and then you just will receive a link to your uh, email inbox uh, with the details on uh, the schedule and how to access the live stream but it's super easy and it's free and also i want to give a thank you to our Belladance evolution for supporting our podcast Call to all dancers who are looking to improve their dance skills. Bella Dance Evolution, directed by Gelina, is starting a bunch of new programs catered to dancers at every level, such as Gelina's BD Experience, community classes in Los Angeles, and Gelina's BD Retreat. Also, for those who are in Sydney in March, don't miss their performance of Phantasm 1001 Nights on March 9th, 2019, because it's going to be an unforgettable night. You can find information about all this and more at their website BaladanceEvolution.com. Hello, guys. I am so excited. I'm clapping with both of my hands right now because we have Julia back on the podcast. It's one of the guests that I so much wanted to bring again and talk again. And I'm very happy that we are now here. So thank you for joining us today, Julia. (laughs)
0: Thank you. Hello, Jana. Hi, guys. I'm very happy to be here and I'm very excited about our new conversation. So I'm ready.
2: Yeah, you had quite a busy year last one. And I expect this upcoming year is going to be even busier. Are you already fully booked for your tours in 2019? (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm really fully booked
0: and I already have some bookings in 2020. And I'm very thankful to all my organizers for their trust and interest in my work. I really appreciate that. And I'm I'm also very excited about this year because I will visit many countries and I'll join many festivals, and I will be happy to see old friends and to meet new.
2: Is there any countries that you will visit for the very first time uh, this year?
0: Yes. Uh, first, I will go to Morocco, and I've never been to this country, and I'm very happy to be able to go this year. Then, for the first time, thanks God, finally, <laughs> I will go to Argentina. Oh. I, I, I always wanted to visit the, this country, and I'm very, very happy about that. And also, I will go to Colombia. That is also was my dream. Actually, I'm a passionate um, traveler, and I would love to visit so many countries. And I'm thankful to God and to my organizers as well from bringing me to different corners in the world.
2: Hmm. You were one of the very first uh, podcast guests. I believe you. it was episode number five, uh, so the very, very beginning, almost, almost a year ago, although I couldn't believe that it's not even a year since we started doing this podcast. But it seems that it passed a couple of years, no? Yeah, <laughs> but no, it, it was the February, the February where... End of February were the first first releases. And uh, I'll kind of skip my traditional beginning uh, question about how you started ballet dance, because we talked a lot about it in the previous episode. And I will just... uh, uh, sort of intrigue people. If you want to know how Julia started doing balladance without even knowing that she was doing balladance, mistake by mistake, go back to that episode number five and and listen to this, to to this story. But now coming back to to this episode. This is, uh, we're still recording it in January, which is the beginning of the year. I don't know why, but for me, the whole January is the beginning of the year. <laughs> right, right. We're, we still wish to each other happy new year. So, yeah. And my Christmas tree is right standing
0: next to me. So, I'm still in my very, very beginning of the year. <laughs>
2: right. Um... Do you have any sort of New Year resolutions that you usually do for yourself or you're very calm with this New Year craziness? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Well, you know, I think as everybody, I'm making some reviews about the year that is passing and I'm trying to enter the uh, upcoming year with some new ideas, with some hopes, with some beliefs and with some new project. And, um, well... Last year, I, I changed a lot in my dance way and in my understanding of art. And I feel I found the path that I, would, I wish to continue following. So I will continue doing what I was doing before. And also from this year, actually, um, I have some new ideas about, um, uh, about the projects that I'm going to launch. Uh, like for example, online teaching more and more and more. Uh, to tell the truth, I'm very I'm very shy person and for, for example, for me it's very hard even to make some Instagram videos. You know, like the stories where you just say like, "Hi guys, uh, I'm here. I'm doing this. I'm doing that." I'm a bit um, I'm a bit shy to to do that. So for me, like online teaching and. Speaking a lot with my followers like in Instagram. It's it's a kind of a challenge. So this is my challenge 2019 (laughs) to be more involved in the social life and also, I'm planning to um, To make a new project in Kyiv That I'm going to do that in 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 September Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) Intrigued Talking about 2018 and you just mentioned that you had quite a transformation and I sort of felt this same way following your uh, activities and uh, uh, you on social media and even remembering our previous interview you had some sort of like philosophical questions that you were asking even yourself about some stuff. So What made you, first of all, enter and seek this transition? Was it on purpose or was it something natural? And how do you feel you changed your, let's say, dance approach within last year?
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, good question. Well, okay, let's say it was natural, but it was naturally pushed by my tiredness and some disappointment um so I finished teaching 2017 I, I I worked really a lot and I having some few weeks of vacations I arrived to the point that I realized that I'm not inspired like and I felt um, that I'm kind of like in a crowd and it I don't want to say that other dancers are a crowd but I felt something like I'm just following the trends and I'm I'm doing the same stuff as everybody does and it's not that even that I need to feel something being particular but I just felt like I am tired I feel that I'm I'm doing for example one choreography with a lyrical song let's say and then I'm doing the second one and I feel it's kind of the same stuff it will be the same I will band then I will do crazy movements with my hair. Then I will suffer a bit. It was a kind of strange way that I, I, I felt about my, my dance. And I was unhappy with myself because I was looking at the other dancers. And everybody is so gorgeous. I admire my colleagues. I enjoy what they're doing. But I was asking myself, like, what about me? I, I'm doing that, but I, some stuff I just stopped feeling that. And I felt that I need a new power, I felt I need new inspiration for myself to be on the um, on the wave and to be happy with myself. So, I started searching mm, some old videos, just because I remember I always loved Golden Era and... And it was not that I even wanted to dance golden era, but I was thinking maybe I will find an interesting image or maybe some folkloric dance, something that is not much danced now. Or And that, the, in that way, when I started studying, I felt that I want to study more and it's more and more interesting. And then I realized how I started thinking about the new choreographies about Modern Orient and I was thinking, okay, well, here I can add some movement from Samia Gamal. Oh, wow, that will look nice. I remember that music, it will look really nice, that piece. Okay, now I will order Mejense, because I ordered uh, right at the time, I ordered Mejense from uh, Randa's band. And I was thinking, well, if they will make this piece like that, like I was, I'm asking, and so here it will look nice, this piece from Golden Era. And I felt how it starts entering my dance and how it starts giving me, becoming a new source of uh, inspiration and becoming a new power in my dance and something really takes my heart. So that I will say it was natural. It was not that I was sitting and thinking what to do, what to do, how to how to entertain the audience. And actually I was very, very scared about dancing that. I remember it was last year, it was the first performance Mm, abroad i was dancing in france in lyon and i was thinking how the audience will react oh my god that probably will be so boring for them because you know we are so used to be fast and now i will be just not moving and maybe people will think does she (laughs) can she move or she cannot maybe they will like i don't know maybe they will not like it I was really a bit stressed about that however I had such a warm um, such a warm audience and I felt really good with what I was doing and I felt that you know you're right on your spot you are doing what you feel to do without thinking at the end you're not thinking how the audience will will understand it because I also I realized that sometimes audience is thinking what she's doing because we see mostly like if if the if you are not a dancer you're used to see oriental in more or less the same way mm-hmm. and you want shimmy and you want to see hips and the dancer is doing this and that, that that's that's normal and then suddenly there is the dancer who is just staying on the stage with just few movements and it's slow and they it's it, it's different right even the costume is different and I arrived to the point that I realized that I even don't care because I'm so so in love with this topic I feel I feel good when I'm doing that so it became just a part of me anyway I'm doing uh, a lot of modern oriental and the lyrical songs but it gave me so many fresh ideas because a lot of fresh ideas are coming from from the history from the old movies from the, old movements of the dancers. So uh, it it, it became really a source of inspiration for all kinds of
2: um, dance that I'm doing now. Ah, so many, so many things you brought up. <laughs> By the way, um, was that video uh, Golden Era style that uh, became viral on Ballad and social net? Was it the one from France, or it was uh like already second or third performance of that piece, uh, or was it the that very very first one?
0: Well, the first one was in Ukraine, but I think I posted just um, some short, uh, short videos. And yes that one uh, is from
2: France from France.
0: Yeah.
2: I yeah. would say it's absolutely magnificent and it it was so inspiring and so yours like you felt so it's so beautiful and so true to nature like uh, I mean it was mesmerizing video and it still goes viral and gets reshared okay. by many accounts and it's definitely worth attention uh, and I think I will even link uh, specifically to that Instagram post post in the show <laughs> <laughs> and the, it links to this episode for people who might have missed it somehow or may not recognize that it was your first performance so they can see it um but I feel that uh, it was not only changes in uh, in the dance style that you had. You also had even your appearance. I remember your post that you put. Oh, it's so good to finally uh, have a uh, short hair and feel natural <laughs> and not fake. So that influenced not only the actual dance moves and dance styles. I would say, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah before like
0: 2017 I had a uh, quite long hair I had extension and uh, then due to to many many trips and uh, due to the flights that are making your hair dry and I, I really had very weak hair and I felt that if I will continue um, all the time wearing the extension my, my hair I, I will be just bald. So I decided that I want to have healthy hair even if it will be short but I will take care of that. So I I removed the expansion. First few days, it was a horror. I felt that I became bold. My hair is so light. It's so short. I was thinking, okay farewell Iraqi farewell (laughs) Haliji all modern songs. I was like what i'm going to do without my my beautiful long hair and it was quite dramatic but then i started actually um, feeling much better and when i saw so many videos from golden era i, I and all of them they had short hair i i calmed down i was like okay it's it may exist <laughs> it may exist yeah i mean yeah long long hair is still very beautiful but I need to to take care of mine, and my hair is is quite thin and like babies babies
2: one. Well, it also looked very very beautifully on you whenever you dance now, and it there is I don't feel much difference uh, on how beautiful you dance with long hair or short hair, so don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, But another topic that you touched, which is very important, I don't know what was going on in 2018. I think there was something in the air, because I talked to many dancers who experienced this sort of uh, depression and disappointments, and I myself had very, very similar thing exactly in the beginning of 2018 and throughout it, although my activities had nothing to do with international travels. It was different, like local gigs, but... I think I never put it out in the world but even podcast it was it was born out of seeking like okay if I feel this I guess other people felt or went through something like that too so <laughs> how do you think someone who faced this uh, sort of down uh, period of uh, like lack of dense enthusiasm uh, you mentioned that you start looking through the dance uh, videos, um, but how to approach it in a way that it's not backfiring? Because some people may look at the videos and feel, oh, I will never be like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, so it will put even down on that pitfall of feeling bad and depressed in ourselves. How do you think people can approach and find fresh error to 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 regain back this enthusiasm to dance like what other can be solutions or the mindset that you need to have uh, to get back
0: yeah that's a, that's a good topic that's really a good topic because i've been asked about that several times lately and um, wow well, you know what i realized that you need to talk to yourself very honestly and the first question that you should put to yourself is why you are dancing what is the reason and where you want to be what do you want to achieve through the dance for example i talked to the friend of mine that uh, she was teaching a group And then the students stopped attending the classes, and she said that she felt so down and like, I don't want to dance anymore. And anyway, in the competitions, I'm not that good. I I do not practice much, so I will never win. And then what is the sense to dance because I will not win the competitions. And also my, my, my students are not coming to the classes. And I told her that she should see the perspective in the future and to see where she wants to be because if you want to to be a teacher then you need to develop yourself first as a teacher because if you're just thinking that oh you had the group from like 10 students and they stopped attending the classes and if it's the end for you of your dance career then i'm sorry that's probably really the end of of everything because it was your final goal it cannot be the final goal it's, it's something that you have today, but for these 10 beginners, for example, everybody has own life. So today, for example, they will miss the class because they had the birthday of their kid. Tomorrow, because probably they will have the meeting with somebody. The day after tomorrow that, I don't know, whatever, she has massage or she's going to make her nails. And it will never be the priority for the teacher. The classes are always the priority but you cannot depend on the students, for example, that are not attending the classes, the same way you cannot depend on their competition. So first thing that you feel that you are not inspired anymore, you need to see your long-term goal, not the short term that tomorrow you want to have the class or you want to take part in the competition. If you feel you want to be good dancer in future, this is number one that you have to, to decide for yourself. whom you see yourself, I don't know, in 5, 10 years, 15 years. When you see the long-term goal, it's much easier to move forward and to realize, for example, if I know that I want to be a good teacher and I still want to have a good a school, right, with the, the studio, with a lot of students, I will not be upset because the group stopped attending the classes i will continue focusing on the different forms of teaching how i can involve more people what i can teach which choreographies i can make which show i can make so people will be entertained while preparing so it will be my own development and you see how much how is the focus is changing people stopped attending the class you focus on that or you focus it's okay i can still do this 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 so instead of Mm, concentrating on the negative thing you're concentrating on the development seems the same thing to have the studio and to have a group of students but if you're concentrating on their process on their development of yourself of your own growth of enriching your knowledge you continue moving and then you don't have the this feeling that's done you're done if you're just tired, sometimes you need a break. So it can be different situation. I, I just now, I described the feeling of many teachers because we all face sometimes the situation that they, we don't have students or the students do not, let's say, appreciate what we're doing or we think that it's not enough for us. And we need to, you know, to to figure out what to do in the future. About the dancers who are studying just the, for themselves to, I don't know, for having the shape of their body or dancing at home or whatever. It's if they feel tired, sometimes you just need to to stop for a while. To relax your mind, not to not to think about that. You know, sometimes that any problem that you have, instead of sitting and thinking about that and thinking and thinking until you will be just mad, it's sometimes just good to to stay a bit you know relaxed and to let it go mm-hmm. and then you start seeing like oh i love the dance you for example sometimes you just see the performance like wow she's so nice i also want and i also want this green costume like she has and you get the new inspiration sometimes without pushing without forcing yourself you just like Pam, and you have the new inspiration and uh, it can be many many ways but i think the main thing is when you know your way when you're focused on your way then it's much easier to uh, to be inspired and to continue working to keep on moving because like my students told me oh Julia you are traveling a lot so maybe I don't know maybe I I don't see the sense to attend the classes while you are not here because I wanted to study with you and I was like okay let me know what do you need in your dance you need Julia or you need to be a dancer. That is quite important. You have to decide. Or you're just going coming to my classes to have fun with me, and we talk, we have a good time. Or you're interested in becoming a better variant of yourself. I had the same situation while I started studying Italian, and I was like, "Mm, that's not what I want, that's probably not the best teacher for me, that's... I think it's just we're finding the excuses sometimes why we cannot continue. And then I ask myself, okay, come on, girl. Do you really want to study that language? Or you are searching for the reasons why not? Or you are searching for the ways why yes. Mm -hmm. And if yes, then just go and open that book and start studying it. And it's not about who is your teacher. It's about the way, your own way. Because all our teachers uh, books all the sources is something that is helping us but it cannot they cannot become become us if we have amazing teacher what we can do we can be grateful to our teacher but we cannot be the copy the shadow the I don't know whatever we have our own path and as soon as you understand it it's really much easier to continue your way and you have much more enthusiasm because you know what you want.
2: Hmm.
0: Always, the most difficult question, what do you want? (laughs) Yeah,
2: that's so true. And uh, it reminded me one quote, I'm currently reading uh, the book, uh, Failing Up called, and uh, uh, it's sort of autobiographical book, but uh, basically the author, he was describing situation that he was thinking about quitting his acting career and he came to his mentor and the mentor thought like, yeah, of course you can quit, you can do something else, we can discuss other possibilities, but I would like you first to try. And he was like, what do you mean? Like, I go to all these auditions and to all this stuff, and I uh, rehearse and do everything, but it still doesn't really quite work. And he was the mentor was replying, yes, you perform very nicely, then your phone rings and you're invited to work. But what you do, then the phone doesn't ring what you do to yourself, what did you did today, did you send any emails, did you get got any uh, classes, did you read any, uh, like, I don't know, tutorials, and like, did you work on your yourself, investing in yourself, then there is no phone ringing, and it's sort of the same for, for classes, like, yeah, it's much easier than we have a mentorship of some teacher, or we have, uh, um, we, we see results from our outside world that Yes, we're doing right. We have feedback from our students who come to our classes or uh, from competitions and the prizes. But what we do, then we do not see those results. And this is the most difficult to have that self-motivation to keep going that you do not see immediate feedback and immediate results.
1: And that's the the
2: point of like asking the long-term questions that you brought up. Exactly, exactly. I think that is the, the actually the secret of
0: success to work to wait and to insist mm. because i love we, that quote <laughs> very often we want the result now i want it right now and if we're not patient enough a lot of strong derisers they're just quitting because they were they expecting that tomorrow it it, it it has to happen and it's not happening and then they, they just lose their patience and, okay, done. I tried, it didn't work. Mm. If you really believe in what you are doing, you need to try it so many times and to wait.
2: So true. And we also put those timelines or like in 10 years, uh, like, but that dancer, she's dancing only five years and she's already a star in Egypt, let's say. But like, I'm dancing yeah. 10 years and nothing happens. Uh, so true. Like, there is no, like, uh, they. no, sh- It fascinates me quite a lot whenever I talk to uh, professionals on the podcast, we we would assume like, oh, they made it, like they have successful careers. Like there may be many layers underneath it, but like visually they made it. But then you talk to them, you realize that most of them, they didn't have a goal of having that career. They were just following their passion to dance and their interest. And it led to to success in, in dance and in art. By the way, one thing that you brought up also regarding your school. Uh, I'm very curious. Your successful international career does it help you to have a school local school in Ukraine or does it backfire the fact that you have a, a like a local school in Ukraine? How do you manage because you are constantly traveling? Uh
0: it's actually it's crazy and I'm so sorry for my girls and i'm I'm very thankful to them that they are still with me. I have one group. It's around fifteen students, and i'm I'm not taking their beginners. I'm not taking and it's not that I love to work with beginners. I'm very very calm teacher, and I can explain the basic stuff one two hundred times. but just the beginner needs to be guided by the teacher and needs to have the presence of the teacher. And while I'm traveling really a lot and I can spend just maybe sometimes one, two weeks in a couple of months with my students and I have um, the group of uh, semi-professionals and professionals. So they, they know what they want. So they're coming to take something that they, they, they feel they need for their dance. And I have such an amazing team. I have like, oh my God, it's just sweethearts. I love my girls so, so much. Uh, I loved it because they're all mm, they're all amazing dancers. They're all gorgeous ladies, and uh, we have very friendly group. And like just yesterday, we went to celebrate New Year <laughs> together. So we are trying every one two months to go to have some shisha or um, some dinner together, or just to go to dance. And it's always just an amazing time with them. I'm I'm very happy to have them in my life. However, it's super hard to to find this time and to to take care of their choreographies, of their performances, and to, to do all of that. Yeah, it's 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 quite complicated.
2: How do you navigate this sort of like a line between? Teacher and student relationships and friendships, because it sounds like you you really uh, put this group of uh, people. It's not just a student; it's your friends, and you go and celebrate and uh, do some fun stuff. But for many teachers I know, it's quite a struggle that sometimes students they don't uh, they feel too much into this uh, friendship. Uh, I don't know empowerment, <laughs> and they sometimes cross the line, and it's it becomes difficult. Um, how it influences the overall classes like uh, then then it's not just teacher and student but it's sort of friends as well
0: i would say a lot but i'm afraid my students will be listening to your podcast <laughs> okay
2: any tips how to make it better let's say for someone who's struggling <laughs> wow, with that yeah.
0: okay. uh, i had i had <laughs> yeah an experience with that um, it's it's really, I, I know this problem. I, I perfectly know this problem. It's just very important uh, to stay professional in the class and not to bring personal relations in your work relations. Whatever we can say, no, no, we're just friends and it's helping us. No. <laughs> in long-term distance, no, very, very rarely when it's uh, really can exist together. I'm not saying that we cannot be friendly and have good relations with our uh, students and uh, and we can even we we're very often we're honest with uh, our students and we talk about uh, private stuff it, it everything yes it, it may exist however the class and it's all work so if my student will decide to go to another teacher even if we're like now super friends if, if it's made in all a respectful way it will not Influence any private relations because work is work and I'm separating it very, very strictly. Um, I have I don't have uh, any favorite uh, student, any favorite dancers. So I I see all all of them as everybody like a particular personality and uh, everybody is unique and I respect that. So my relations with my students starts from the respect. And I feel they are giving me that the same feeling back. and uh, we are friendly, but I'm really separating that. I'm really, really separating that. I do not let my friendship because for example, one of the dancers that is also my student, uh, she, uh, I'm a godmother of her son. Mm. so it's let's say it's <laughs> let's say it's cross really to very like... Uh, private relations. But what we do in the class or when we're organizing something together and when we work at the festivals, it's one thing. what we can we can talk how my son and God, how he is growing up and <laughs> how he's saying his first words, it's just totally another thing. And I'm trying not to uh, not not to mix that.
2: Hmm. It's a very valuable uh, tip because uh, I know a lot of teachers struggle with this, and uh, uh, I even remember in uh, in our experience, not to mention like any names, but we had and we were studying together, and we had unfortunate situations. Seeing that a lot of students were overusing the friendly uh, attitude from our former teacher, and uh, that story ended up not very nicely. So yes, we all want to be friends, but in the classroom, in the dance studio, it it. It helps a lot sometimes to have this clear separation and having these professional relationships. And personally, for me, I remember I used to try, literally try, <laughs> that's the word, <laughs> to give some classes to my friends. And it was always a disaster. Because, okay, even if I try to separate and I try to approach, oh, I can like help here, you maybe here and guide you there. But second person, another part, they did not. Really approach me as a teacher because in their eyes, oh, it's a help, helping you, friend helping helping me, and then it never worked out. And then at some point, I was like, okay, I'm not giving private classes to my friends, not because I don't love them, <laughs> quite opposite. I actually want to say friendships <laughs>
0: because you know why it's all that, why it's uh, a problem when the, you're a friend and you're a teacher and a student the question is not that you cannot mix that the the, why i was uh, mentioning that you need to stay professional it means that in the class there is one authority it's one one teacher not two three and not that everybody is advising what to do and how we are going to change the choreography and which costume to wear and who is staying in the first line and who is staying in the second line Mm, that's something that i was more loyal In the beginning of my career and when I became their head of the studio, I wanted to everybody to feel good and everybody to make own, um, you know, to invest something (laughs) to to say a word. And at the end, it was quite messy because it has to be one teacher. And when sometimes why is the problem? Because uh, the student like your friends, they do not understand that. And they feel it's the same friendship, so they can interrupt you. They can say also something, what they think about that in the middle of the class. Or give an advice that you were, as a teacher, you were not asking. Sometimes that is becoming, that, you know, when mm-hmm. that, that is the problem about the friendship and, and student and teacher uh, relations. So that's why I'm saying that to stay professional, I mean that in the class, one teacher and the students. And friendship, you're equal.
1: Mm. yeah so true
2: okay coming back to the topic of your uh, style transformation um i know that you receive a lot of questions on social media so what golden era is now your style you're gonna dance like this forever <laughs> what's going on
0: <laughs> no 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 first uh the, the most important thing here is that i'm not dancing golden era and i have lots of questions about that but in fact it's looking quite different what I'm doing. I'm not copying their dancers from golden age. I'm using their movements and I'm transforming them into orient modern oriental. So it looks something like a mix. Anyway, I'm putting a lot of modern steps. I'm using a ballet postures. I'm, I'm using more modern music. So it's anyway different. It's something that I took from golden era and put inside of the modern oriental. And no i want to be different for example right now i started more deeply studying um studying more deeply uh folklore so i hope that this year will enrich the folklore will enrich my dance vocabulary and my performances and i just want to be i want to be different i want to be able to surprise and uh, as a teacher i feel a responsibility Uh, because I want to be able to explain so many, many, many things, and I want to feel comfortable that I have this knowledge and I can share it. So it's not that I I took my direction in Golden Era. I love it. I enjoy it, but I still enjoy doing Mejense, classical song, lyrical song, and blah, 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 tango, oriental, and different, different styles. So I want to have really very wide dance vocabulary
2: you told that you basically get inspiration from golden era movements, but you interpret them in your own way. And this is something that struggle, a lot of dancers struggle, like how to find your own voice and interpretation of it. And, you know, I'm gonna tell here one story that I wasn't sure if I ever put it out, but I feel it's the right moment in its closely de- related to you although you don't you have no idea about it so i think in 2016 or 15 we've met in budapest at the cairo budapest festival by mercedes nieto and uh, I remember I was at that point that I was very frustrated with what was going on in my dancing, in my dance career. And I even approached you at some point and was asking, Okay, Julia, tell me, what's the secret? Like how, you, how you managed to build this uh, international career, traveling from festival to festival? And the way I approached you, the reason, because, uh, again, a little recap from us previous interview, like we started with you together so for me it was i was really always happy for you that you succeeded and you start traveling and like living that dream uh, ballet dance life that a lot of dancers dances we dream of but on the other hand for me it was all this frustration it's like what's wrong we started like together it's the same time frame it's the same like and it was completely not happening for me so i remember i approached you and asked okay like how how you manage what's the secret we're all looking for that secret (laughs) and (laughs) there was no secret you just told me like oh you travel you perform people notice you like you go from festival to festival but it's but like there was literally no secret and i was like okay and uh, then we took festival, we took one workshop, and it was Yusri Sharif's workshop. And uh, at the end of the workshop, we were recording the choreography. And uh, I remember my phone or camera was with one of your students, so she was. Focusing on you and me, we were literally together, uh standing doing that choreography for, for later. And you also were actually in the class, although despite you were already a successful teacher, you still took workshops of other teachers. And then we took this workshop, they recorded choreography, other workshops, performances, like as usual festival life goes. And then I came back to to Toronto, and then after a few months after I forgot about it, and like a few months after I was like okay i want to remember this choreography i want to review and learn it and i put on the video recording and i remember my jar was just dropped down i was so shocked what i saw because i saw one perfect student, who was doing exactly the choreography as it was taught, like with all arms, with all head angles, with all steps, total music, not forgetting any single move, like perfectly doing And I saw a second person who was a professional dance artist, who was not performing the choreography, but who was dancing it, and dancing the same moves but dancing in her own way—it was not a performing of a choreography. It was not performing of movements. It was actually dancing. And then I saw that video, and I realized what I was talking about, what I was thinking, going, and approaching. What's the secret? Because I was that student level that I was just doing. I was doing perfectly choreography, but it was not a performance, it was not dancing, and it was that very subtle, because it was so clear for me looking at two of us and seeing how you approach it. You do the same choreography, but you actually own it, and you have your own interpretation, even you still do the arm to the side, but you dance it. And that was for me one of the turning points, I was like, there is no secret how to make a career. The secret is just focus on your own dancing, on your own skills and your own development. And when you're ready, things will happen if you are still open and ready for them. And is that long story? I actually was not sure I ever <laughs> will put it out. Because That's it's a little bit... Story. I'm like listening you like, huh? <laughs> uh, it's, uh, well, it's a little bit uh, vulnerable for me <laughs> to put it out. But still, I think... I just felt like a lot of dancers, like we we struggle with the same. And I sometimes hear the girls like, uh, because I'm I'm working on a completely different level. I don't have many international things. I'm more like uh, working on the local uh, gigs, and I have a lot of them. So a lot of dancers now like, oh, how can I start performing? Why don't I get gigs here? And then I look at the videos. I'm like, it's not about business cards or website. But I feel sometimes bad. So like, no, just just invest more in your training. But that's why I'm putting right now the story because I was in that situation back then. (laughs) And I remember after that trip, it was a lot of things that, um, changed my understanding and what I want from dance. And, uh, uh, I will really like then be sick or think, oh, why is she? Uh, not that I had towards you because we are good friends. I hope you know. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, I totally understand. Sometimes dancers have like, oh, why is she is having that uh, successful career? Why it's not me? And sometimes the question you just need to look at yourself and and find the answer why it's not you. So
0: <laughs> here is again we're coming to the same point. It's all about your way yeah as soon as you found your way you had so many followers and you were do great job and i see every day how your dance is transforming and transforming and you are becoming just more and more beautiful and feminine oh, that's, that's now yeah. that's not the compliment but it's just something that i really see it in instagram yeah. and it's true but it's coming with the the same for me it's not that like oh talented julia no just it. it came the moment when i realized that I need to follow my way, and I need to study a lot, and I keep on studying till now. Like for example, now I, I can advise. I want to to advise. It's a. Unfortunately, she has everything only in Russian. I think her name is Karina Chistova, uh, from Moscow, and she's amazing teacher of folklore and also actually Golden Era. And I was taking her uh, classes, and I'm I'm happy to say that that I'm I'm studying uh, with my colleagues, and I find so much interesting information and we learn all our life so it doesn't mean that we found our way and halas enough but we we keep on studying but we know what we want and we know who we want to be and whom we want to be ourselves Mm,
2: so true but do you think this finding your style and this like Something that you cannot describe, but do you see then the difference between student and professional dancer, like advanced student, let's say, and still there is a little line between advanced student and professional dancer? Do you think this to achieve that level of professionalism in dancing is it just a natural way of keep studying, 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 or there is something that can be done uh, additional? <laughs> I don't know, like achieved it, I don't know, not artificially, but Mm, more yeah. in like structured way I don't know how to how yeah yeah
0: yeah why not for example uh, how I started making my first choreographies and I had lots lot of uh, good comments from my teachers uh, Ukrainian teachers at that time and they asked me like who made you this choreography I was like I made it by myself mm, it's very good and and I remember how I was doing that choreography that had good comments I was thinking okay this is movement from Randa and this I started with Leila Farid and this one it was Prince KMR and this one okay if I combine these in this combination I will take this knowledge from him and from her and from this and from that and it will be an interesting mix nobody will recognize that it's from them but it, this was the way I was thinking it's structured yes it came naturally no
1: mm. it came
0: from the studies but analyzed I analyzed every step that I'm doing Yes, now it's more much more things I let myself go because sometimes I'm thinking also too much, and some stuff they have to come naturally they just you need to let it go, but sometimes you really need to think if you're preparing for the competition or if you for example you love i know like for example diva darina, you want to dance your choreography, you can do it perfectly, but if you will do it all the same, people will say, "Ah oh, that's diva darina." Okay, if you're a good student and if it's your aim to perform like her, that will be a good point. If you wanted to be inspired and to do something own, that's not a good point. Then you need to transform something so people will see maybe influence from these, from that diva Darina or it can be any other dancer, but they will see another unique dancer that is doing something in their own way. But to do that, sometimes you just need to sit and to think.
2: Hmm. That's interesting, like a learning point too. But then you take the elements from other dancers, isn't it a risk to lose yourself and just start being uh, adding elements that don't fit you? And still like not, not really... How, how actually to develop your individual style that will be, oh, this is Julia style, even if you took some movements from other dancers?
0: <laughs> Liana, I will ask you, how you will cook the perfect borscht? If you want to cook the perfect any dish, you need to try to make it ten times. Sometimes it's coming spontaneously the first time good and then another ten times uh, just something horrible that you need to <laughs> throw away. And sometimes you need to feel that you need to put a bit more salt and then to put less meat and then this and then that. It's it's the same, it's like cooking. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not a cooker at all, that's maybe um, <laughs> uh, more simple than I'm thinking, but I think it's something like really any, 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 I will say loud masterpiece here. It's maybe too much also, but creating any piece of art, you need to make a lot of mistakes. And sometimes you will see like, oh no, 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 here. I remind too much this dancer that I was inspired with. Or this one, no, this is not looking on my body at all. It's not looking nice. And you... And that's actually also the way how you're studying. You, for example, you made it and you feel that it's no, no, no. I can see this is the moment from this. So, no, you need to transform it. You can take the idea. You can say, take the movement. For example, I'm Randa uh, Camel student. Uh, Who can say that I'm Randa student? No, maybe many, many people. But at the same time, I I am so, so different. And it's my teacher. And she is gorgeous. And she's amazing. But I don't have the body like she is. She has and i don't have the personality like she has so i can cannot move with my arms like randa because she's much stronger than me her personality is like that sure. and so but first of course i will dance like her and then i will see myself on the video and i will realize no i need to do the same moment because i love it i still want to do this moment but to change my arms and in this way with lots of mistakes. You come closer to to your own style because you started realizing on your body what what fits to mm-hmm. your
2: body. By the way, do you rewatch your own videos?
0: Yes, unfortunately, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always. Yeah, I watch my videos, and I uh, um, now I became more relaxed. Like, okay, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I I I understood. That I'm uh, human, (laughs) and I stop being so so strict with myself because I'm all the time judging myself a lot, and that's why it makes me very unhappy. And I understood that it's also it's destructive way, and uh, so I see my mistakes, and I'm just like, okay, Julia, let it go. But next time, don't do that mistake (laughs) again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make the conclusions for future. And to be very attentive with small details. Okay, here the arm was not good. This movement was not good, and here it was better to make two steps back. Like you know, whatever. Um, yes, I watch my videos and just trying not to be upset because I think that it's almost everybody is judging, uh, and you you are judging yourself, and you feel that mm, it's making you upset. But it's also it's not good. You need to see your mistakes, but just to improve without, mm-hmm. without sticking on on the mistakes. Mm-hmm.
2: So true, so true. Well, I, uh, uh, as usual, I feel we can talk <laughs> with you hours and hours and hours, and uh, uh, I feel this was very inspiring uh, conversation, and a lot of uh, insights and tips for those who are struggling with finding their. Uh, their dance uh, goals, their dance uh, styles, uh, and just individuality and satisfaction and fulfillment from dance. So I think uh, a lot of people can relate to many things that you mentioned. Uh, wrapping, sort of coming closer, not wrapping up yet, but coming close <laughs> to the end of today's conversation. Uh, I know that you studied... Um, a new project that you announced, uh, sort of announced it a while ago, but finally you start putting it out. It's your tips for hips. So can oh, you yes. tell people about it? <laughs> oh my God,
0: shame on me. You know what? I announced it in 2014 when I realized that I removed that even that post. <laughs> I announced it in summer. It was the summer 2014. And as I told you, when I put the camera in front of me, it's like, I need to talk and i need them to make it every week oh my god <laughs> i felt kind of i don't know sometimes i feel that i'm i'm like i have a quite social life and at the same time i feel very often so shy to show up to i think that maybe it will be too much of me so Well, finally, I started doing that and I'm happy with that because it's interesting for me now. And uh, I really, I wish I can, I hope I can help to some dancers uh, who are searching for the answers and their questions. So I, and I'm happy that I have so many now comments and encouraging messages about doing that. So I feel that I'm on the right way. And coming closer to another project that I, I I started I mentioned in the beginning of our conversation I'm planning my intensive course in Kiev an international kind of an international camp uh, which will have the um, uh, limited quantity of students and its aim will be not just to study technique and choreographies but to make their really um, it will be something like a deep diving into yourself with uh, talking about our fears and mistakes so it will be a lot of uh, lectures and conversations and um, we'll talk about uh, how to behave uh, on the stage and right before our performances and how to relax our body and our mind and i'm preparing something really interesting and hopefully kind of unique uh, information that may help to the dancers not just dance uh, choreography from the beginning till the end but how to be prepared to dance on the stage and then how to to deal with the result of your performance so that's also my 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 new project that is now i'm cooking it now
2: Mm -hmm. so it's coming in september right
0: uh, yes, I think it will be yeah, September. Around
2: September, it, you mentioned it's international, so I assume, even despite it's in Ukraine, it will be in English for most uh, audience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be.
0: It, I think it will be bilingual. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I, I, I will see there um, who will be there, the students. Uh, but like for example, I was making a retro weekend a couple of months ago, and all the um, my workshops and everything was like just bilingual because we had. Uh, both foreigners and ukrainians so yeah i don't think it should be a problem yeah Mm. but it will be an international camp
2: sounds sounds awesome so i will definitely as usual put uh... Uh, links uh, to show notes to your social media that people can uh, follow and see announcements of this future project as well as your Instagram specifically can people find these tips for hips it's basically short Instagram videos where Julia explains and gives her secrets of awesome hips (laughs) (laughs) for all levels of dancers so don't miss there are already several of those videos posted on Instagram and now she promised to have a a weekly Or at least from time to time, we'll continue seeing, seeing it. So uh, don't miss that. Uh, Julia, I just want to thank you once again for uh, for taking time and uh, being here with us on podcast and being so open and honest and willing to share a true experience and true thoughts. And... Uh, just for being so awesome as you are, keep please keep doing it. It's never enough of Julia Faiz, so don't be <laughs> shy to put even more out there. Uh, we always love seeing you more and more and more. <laughs>
0: Yana, yeah, no, thank you for inviting me. Thank you for this amazing time. I enjoyed it a lot. And I'm always happy to see you.
2: Yeah, like so, waiting
0: for you in keep.
2: <laughs> yes, hopefully, hopefully very soon yes um, and uh, uh, I mean I already asked you our final closing question in the previous episode so again I will encourage people go to back to episode 5 because we talked about a lot of awesome things there too and about uh, also tricks and traps of international Korea and what does it take to be traveling artist all the time so if you're interested in that go back to episode 5 uh, listen to Julia but uh, I wanted to close up on on uh, a uh, very different question that I don't think I ever asked anyone but I think it will be very cool closing point What is the question that you wish people were asking you more often? Huh.
0: <laughs> oh my god that's a tricky question.
2: something it's that you...
0: easier what we don't want to be asked about than to find what we, I think I would love to be asked more and improve myself and how I can grow as a dancer. And because I've been dancing for like last 14 years, maybe 15, and I made so many mistakes and I had... um, so many different periods uh, in my dance career, and uh, I felt also like I had ups and downs, and I sometimes felt that I'm ready to give up. And anyway, I'm still here talking to you. Uh, and of course, I cannot maybe advise a lot, but some stuff from my experience, and that sometimes I see that the the dancers are are doing the same mistakes or that I did and so I, I feel that I would love to, to share that especially for example about um, uh, how to find the inspiration and how to to keep on moving because that's for me that was a very essential question many times and I had to fight with uh, my uh, myself with um, being weak and uh, to be very persistent on my way. So that's probably something that I I will ob- always be happy to share with other dancers in order to help not to give up.
2: Mm. Well, I'm happy that I digged into some of those <laughs> questions in today's interview. <laughs> yes. So happy. Uh, but just, uh, uh, I feel this is a huge, big other topic, uh, hopefully for another third episode in <laughs> in the future. Uh, but uh, just to wrap up, uh, like, actually finalize everything like something that you regarding some of your mistakes that you did uh what like you can just just some one small topic you don't need to go into long uh, dive unless you you want to but something that you would like to say yourself in the past uh facing those uh, situations that you did mistakes what would be like that message to a young julia from you now seeing it and experienced it uh
0: Uh, The first thing that I would advise to myself is study more and uh, Believe in yourself more The second even is I can't say it's more important because no
1: together study and 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 believe in yourself Guys Thank you so much for spending this time with us and if you like this episode, it will mean a world to me if you take a few seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or share it with your friends. Also, you can always find more information about podcasts as well as past episodes at yanadance.com podcast as well as you can connect with me on social media by yanadance or yanakomarnicka i'm very active on instagram as well as facebook and share a lot of tips and inspiration for your daily ballet dance life and by the way don't forget to subscribe to podcasts so you never miss a future episode and until next time keep shimming.